Ugh, look, there's Brody Jenner. God, what a douchebag. I can't believe that came out of Bruce Jenner's vagina. Bruce Jenner is a man. No, Brian. That's what the press would have you believe, but he's not. Bruce Jenner is a woman. An elegant, beautiful Dutch woman. Good evening, everybody. Springtime for Hitler and Germany. <laughs> well, it's kind of true because it's it's spring and Hitler's birthday is on the twentieth, which is ironically National Like Pot Day. Get mellow. It doesn't really add up, but I know this mostly because April twentieth is also my mother's birthday, and it's the same as Hitler's. It makes sense. Of course, we could talk about that for hours, but for now, let's just start the show. It's like one of those things, which came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, in the sense that, do we celebrate 420 as, you know, national let's all get high day because it's Hitler's birthday? I don't think so. I think they just decided that was going to be the time. I don't think it has anything to do with Hitler's birthday because technically that's like the worst day to celebrate anything. But nobody remembers when his birthday is, except I do because it's my mother's birthday. So it would make a lot of sense. And she really is uh, just uh, horrible. But that, that's a whole nother story, and again, we could do hours of therapy, and this podcast, although it is ter- technically therapeutic for me, uh, you know, not not so much in that sense. I think I'm going to have to go to years of therapy for that with an actual therapist, like an actual certified therapist, not like a girl who like just, you know, went to, you know, school for social work and then, you know, say, well, I'm good with helping my friends with their problems. I'll help other people. And somehow they have a degree for something. I mean, this this is like a horrible world we live in when girls that you know that just are real stupid are helping people with their problems. And, and you know, you need a licensed doctor, somebody who's really been to medical school and is, and is actually helping you through some shit. At least that's the way I feel, especially somebody. And the whole thing is messed up anyway because a therapist cannot really describe medication. So if the doctor feels that you need to get on some sort of medication, your therapist, they can't really describe it. They have to send you to a uh, psychologist or, or to a, I'm sorry, there's something popping up on my machine, to a, you know, to a doctor that can actually give you drugs, which is so stupid because that, like a psychiatrist doesn't know you. So they're just like, I'm going to send you to somebody and he'll recommend drugs. You meet them once. You've been to a therapist for four years. You decide to go on, you know, whatever, some sort of anti-suicide medication. You meet the psychiatrist once. You tell him your problems and he's like, well, let me see what I recommend. I mean, it's the stupidest thing of all time. That's why when I went on the drug for a while, uh, years ago, I went to my regular doctor because he knows me. He knows me. That seems like a better deal. Like, can you recommend, you know, an antidepressant? Because my therapist is obviously an idiot. And my therapist was a doctor. So I don't know why she couldn't recommend. I mean, why, why she's not allowed to fulfill prescriptions. It's, it's all messed up. And somebody's got to do something about it. And I think I'm that guy. Hell, I am. Dave just got a show. I've been thinking for a long time of just getting one of those Regis offices that they have, you know, just like where you can purchase an office with a secretary and everything. Like just I know they have one right on Third Avenue. 
and just set up a, a place, put an ad on Craigslist, be like, yeah, it's therapy. Like, I wouldn't charge anything because then I'd get in trouble, right? But I'll just put my diploma on the wall and be like, so, you know, uh, how do you feel about that? I'm sure I can solve people's problems just as well as anybody else. I am very good at giving advice to everyone except myself. But isn't that what a therapist is too? Like they're all messed up, but they help other people, at least the good ones. I mean, my friend Michelle called me crying two weeks ago. No, last week. Crying because, you know, this boy that I told her not to go out with anymore, except I can't. I understand why she can't not go out with him because he's got the softest skin you've ever. I mean, what I mean is, uh, you see, well, I mean, when I shook his hand, I realized it was pretty damn soft. Um, You know, he's Spanish. His name is Luis. So I get where it's coming from, but he keeps blowing her off all the time. So, of course, she's, you know, in tears. And, of course, you know, who do you call? But your pal Dave Juskow, who's going to help you out of this man mess because Dave Juskow knows men and can say, listen, this guy's going to play you for everything you got because uh, he can. Uh, He's manipulative because that's what guys will do until you say, I'm not going to have it anymore. And then we all complain and say, oh, but I miss you and I want to be with you. And then you sleep with them and then you're like, eh, I'm good. But what I said is like, what you need to do, because this woman's dating all the time and she's been on the podcast before. And I'm like, what you need to do is stop dating for a period of time. Concentrate on yourself. Just try and be okay with yourself. Because it's obvious why she's dating. She's just lonely and she just needs company, right? Because I, I said, is it even for sex? Is it even for, I mean, even, what do you, is it really, are you that horny? But she's not. It's just like companionship dating. So I'm like, maybe concentrate on yourself. Now, she's a good artist. She's a painter. And I'm like, you paint, your paintings, although they're good, they stink because they're not coming from anywhere. You take a photograph of somebody on a subway and then she paints the photograph. You know, so it's like stupid. I said, why don't you paint the stuff that's coming from your relationships, you know, all the guys that you've met, I pointed out like three guys, you know, like she was dating this big fat guy, which if you're ready for this, his last name was Abbott. I am, I kid you not. His last name was Abbott <laughs> and he was huge. <laughs> and when I, he lives around the neighborhoods, <laughs> of course, I'm, hey, Abbott! and he's huge. I mean, and I'm like, why don't you just paint a picture of that guy? And it's like a tiny you just sitting next to him, you know, stuff like that. And we went out for lunch yesterday and she just goes, yeah, I started painting, and now I'm painting like pictures of my boyfriend. I'm like, you mean exactly what I told you to do? She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess, I don't know, maybe she forgot. I, I guess I put it into her head pretty good. And, um, yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm painting this one of Louise, and I just, I'm holding his head down in the water, you know, in the beach. Like, I mean, that's funny. I mean, that could get her some recognition. I mean, that's funny, like, really angry at boyfriends. I mean, that always works. You know, it's funny. And um, she's a really good painter. She really is a good painter. She actually painted our, um, you know, my John Adams thing. She painted, like, the the picture. I'll put it up on uh, Twitter one day. It's really great, uh, the picture that I want to be the, you know, the, uh, the whatever, the poster for the series. You know, it's, that's why people thought it was animated, because she painted it, and it looks really great. It's, um, you know, me, Jefferson, you know, me as John Adams, Jefferson, and, and uh, Ben Franklin, and a woman with huge boobies walks by you know 1700 boobies walks by and jefferson and franklin are staring at it and i'm just you know with like can we get work done because it says it explains the premise of the entire thing anyway that being said so i'm telling you you gotta you gotta paint from real life you know you gotta pay for real life meanwhile while i'm saying it i'm like oh my god this is my problem people tell me this all the time you gotta do your act 
from real life, not these ridiculous hacky jokes. I mean, even that 22-year-old girl knew that. And it's funny that I can give somebody the complete advice that I should be taking, but I won't take it. I'm going to try. I'm trying to do it. You know, I got to make a mix right now because I got the big show coming up on Friday in Toronto, and I just got to be steady with what I am. But, you know, I've been practicing it at my house. I mean, I've been doing shows, but I've been mostly practicing at my house because that's when I can kind of slow it down. I know I got to slow it down. And I saw Sarah on Friday, and she's like, um, yeah, how much time are you doing? And I'm like, I was told to do 15 minutes. She's like, oh, I guess I can do 75. Like, she was like, you're only doing 15 minutes? I'm like, that's what I was told to do. She wants me to do more? Well, let me tell you something. I don't have any more. I mean, if I can make it to 15, it'll be a miracle. I'm going to try and get off quick. Get off fat! Get off fat! Anyway, here we are, taping on a Sunday, because I don't know what's happening during the week. I think I got to do spots on Wednesday when I usually tape. So I'm like, let me just do it. But the day, again, Sunday got away from me. It's like later. You know, I wanted to do it in the daytime, but it's just working on stuff. I'm working on The Godfather. I'm having a lot of trouble with a couple of the things. I have the script here. I bought it home. You know, it's work. You know, I always get uptight about it before we do it. But the problem I'm having is Jimmy Norton's in it, you know, and I want to give him a bigger part because, you know, he's awesome and he's, and he's a big star. Um, so I have him playing a couple of things. And then I was like, let me put him in maybe as the priest and remember i was having trouble i think i told you last time i was having trouble with the priest and the baptism scene like i wasn't sure how to do it and it was all in latin and you know then i so then you know people made some suggestions so i changed it around so now he's making remarks like i'm you know i got remarks from you know now i'm starting off the way memo said last week mowage of course i don't know if jim can do that kind of stuff but so i basically have him making i'm looking i'm looking it up as i'm talking to you so Mowage. Mowage is what brings us together today. Can Jim Norton do that? I don't know. And then we intercut, you know, uh, with Michael and, you know, and, and so he's like, Mike, and um, Michael says, uh, we're not getting married, you idiot. We're here for a baptism. And then the narrator says, we intercut to the goings on of Michael's trusted assassins. The first is Rocco preparing his machine gun. Then Kay says, Michael, don't talk to a priest like that. Hey, I'm about to kill 10 people in about 10 minutes. I really don't think calling a priest an idiot is going to matter much at this point. I'm trying to do it like Natterman. Next, Clemenza is coming out of his house with a huge package and heads to his car and even takes the time to wipe off a spot of his car with a handkerchief. The priest says, I'm going to breathe on your baby now to ward off evil spirits. And Michael says, Jesus, Father, have you ever heard of a (laughs) tic-tac? How you doing? So it's all that kind of stuff, but I I don't know. know, Well, let's say I'm not even worried about that. What I guess I'm worried about mostly is Carlo now at this point I'm playing Carlo and for some reason even though I did it already with Paulie there's something funny to me about a guy that doesn't know he's about to be killed and they're kind of grooming him to be killed and he's just really effeminate and has no idea what's going on that works for me every time I remember I told you Matteo did it, but he wasn't really doing it the right way, which is funny because he's gay, and I think I can do a better gay than an actual gay guy. Um, <laughs> but I don't know whether it's working or not. I can't decide. Uh, you know, I want to be in more stuff because, you know, but, but or do I have Jim Norton play, but not gay, you know, just play Jim Norton. I'm like, you have to answer for Santino, Carlo. Santino. 
What? Mike, you've got it all wrong. See, that was Connie who did that. She always hated Sonny. I always loved Sonny. He was a great guy. What a tragedy. Am I right? Mike, you look terrific. I mean, it's a little Paul Lynn. It's a little feminine. Then I was like, should I just do the whole thing as Paul Lynn? Or should I do it as I did those button men? Like, Jesus, Mike, you look terrific. I've always hated Sonny. I can't decide. It's driving me crazy. Today is the day I spent like, what should I do about that? What should I do about that? I finally made my decision. I'm going to have Rachel play Connie and Kay. So I'm good with that. You know, I made a couple of decisions, but oh, I just can't make up my mind on this. I read the whole thing today, you know, like out loud. And again, you know, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. And now I think, I think Snoop Dogg's coming. I don't, or somebody from his, I, I, I don't know. Vanessa set it up. I mean, I want to, now I really want to make it good. Snoop Dogg is the shit. And he's going to love the lines like, I don't want to put no skulls. I don't want to, we'll leave it to the doggies, the coloreds, they're animals anyway. Let them lose their souls. I think he'll like that line, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I got Carlo just, uh, ugh. plus there's like one scene where I'm doing three different parts at once, but a bunch of people have to do that. Mateo has to do it. Rachel has to do it because. There's like one line in certain things. I don't want to get like another actor to just do one line. So I'm having a lot of problems with it. I don't know in that sense. Otherwise, I, I like the other stuff. The ending is good. I think, you know, with um, Connie and my, uh, Kay and Michael. Um, Michael, is it true? Uh, you know, don't ask me about my business, Kay. Now, we'll go to the city this week, and we'll see a show, we'll have dinner. That's all I keep saying. You know, like, how did you like your lasagna? You keep saying, we'll go to the city, we'll have dinner, we'll see a show. Uh, actually, that first part where he says that, I have it. He said, we'll see a show. What show? The Diary of Anne Frank. I'm telling you, it's going to be hilarious. I mean, what's in a 13-year-old diary? Who knows? You know, sock hops and boys, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty funny stuff, right? <laughs> how you doing? Keep an eye out for Mo Green. Well... I'm very content with the Mo Green part. I'm going to come out and do uh, Mel Brooks History of the World Part 1. Da 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 And then he goes, Good evening, ladies and emperors. I just got back from the Venetian, and boy, are my arms tired. You know, the Venetian Hotel is modeled after the old city of Venice. Venice is a very old city, very wonderful city, interesting city. You can learn a lot in Venice. You want to know how to make a Venetian blind? Like this. You know, and then you do the thing. And they go, hey, Mike, hey, fellas, everybody's here. Freddie, Tom, good to see you, Mike. How are you, Mo? Hey, you get everything you want. The chef cooked for you. Special, the dancers will kick your tongue out. Your credit's good. Well, your credit's okay. <laughs> Draw chips for everybody in the room so they can play in the house. Hey, what do you get when you cross an Italian and a Polak? A guy who makes you an offer you can't understand. Whoa! And it, like everybody's going to be laughing hysterically. Hey, why do Italian men have mustaches? So they can look like their mothers. <laughs> Silence overtakes the room. Mo has gone too far. And then my friend Lee is going to stand up and be, you know, be the manager. Get off mom jokes! Get off moms! Get off moms! I'm like, right, two jokes walk into it. No, um, Syrians. No, no, no. Politics, politics, politics. The Italian Senate is the best legislator that money can buy. Corruption starts in the streets with the little peddlers. The little peddlers bribe the councilmen. The councilmen bribe the senators. And it goes all the way up to the Don. Shit! See, that stuff... I have no problem with, like, whether people get it or not. I know there will be the same three people that get the easy money stuff will get those lines. So who cares, right? I mean, that's why we're doing it for our benefit. 
And when I say our benefit, I mean you guys who listen to this podcast who know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, pulling history of the world. Uh, we're doing it all. You know, last time Devil Wears Prada, but, you know, history of the world, easy money, Caddyshack. I get some Caddyshack stuff. You know, I have Jim the Priest just going like, I don't, God would never stop the best game of my life. So it's all those gags because that's why we like the show. And uh, I guess you just got to hope for the best. You know, like always, like always. It's the last episode. And then, um, you know, we'll figure out Greece. I don't know. I just I got to stop worrying about it. I'm going to send the script to everybody tomorrow and I'll fix it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I just can't decide. Can't decide about Carlo. But I will make a decision. So, Thursday, uh, after we uh, left you, I did the, you know, I'm doing a bunch of spots all around town. I did the New York Comedy Club. Now, I stunk. I was horrible. I was the last comic. It was a 6.30 show. They didn't even know I was on the show. And uh, I felt like an idiot. But then they figured it out. And I went on last. And I sucked. And it was all my fault. But I still wasn't feeling bad about it. I mean, I'm embarrassed about it. But then uh, I talked to the owner for a while. who's such a nice guy. And um, we had a really nice talk. I stayed there till like 9 o'clock just hanging out. It's such a nice club. The New York Comedy Club. It's, it's very nice. It's friendly in there. I really do like it. And I know it could do well uh, with practice. So on Friday, I um, went to the Grizzly Pear. First I went to the cell and then went to the Grizzly Pear. And that show was in front of about 12 people. You know, it was Good Friday, so it wasn't packed, but that was fine with me. And that went okay. That went okay. I thought it went okay. Like, I wasn't unhappy with it. And then uh, Sarah's been in town, so I went to see her, and she was making up posters, you know, anti-Trump posters, and I'm like, eh, what are you going to do? I mean, um, you know, they had a big rally yesterday in Bryant Park about him showing his taxes. I, I'm so confused. I'm like, I thought he did show his taxes. I thought we found out he wasn't doing anything. I, I'm getting very confused. People love protesting. So, you know, if they want to protest, whatever. Funny thing is, though, I was just reading in the paper today, uh, Sutton Place Tower War. Residents of the posh Sutton Place neighborhood where I live, as they tell you, are fighting to block. Now, I don't know who these people are fighting because I'd like to hop on board with that. Are fighting to block, and I've told you about this, the proposed construction of a towering building they complain will dwarf its neighbors. I've been telling you about that. It's going to block my view of Venus. Residents have banded together. Who are these residents? I haven't heard anything about this. To propose their own rezoning plan limiting future buildings to 260 feet. I mean, I like the plan, and I know what building they're talking about, but I don't, I don't know where they're doing this. I would, I would chime in on this. New Yorkers walk away from overdevelopment thinking there is nothing they can do. We're done with that, said Councilman Ben blah, blah, blah. But developer John Calico says the dispute is about people who don't want their views blocked. Well, well he's right. The proposed building would dwarf the 460-foot-tall sovereign whose residents include, as I've told you, Donald Trump Jr. So obviously he don't care, which is, again, you know what I say? Um, I mean, I know these are, you know, uh, funny problems, but it's like, you know, when I say when people are pro, you know, people like Sarah, people like who are, you know, rich and they're protesting about Donald Trump. I mean, it's just a, a, or whatever they're protesting about They're, you know, when celebrities do that, it's just it's, it's a pain in the butt because they're not going to be affected the way we are. I mean, I'm not, I, I, you know, technically, I obviously have money. I live in a posh neighborhood, as they call it. 
But, you know, I'm in a rent control department. I don't have that much money. I don't have a tell money or whatever, even though whatever he admits to the poverty or whatever. But, um, you know, their life isn't going to be affected by Donald Trump, but ours are. Uh, that's why it's like weird when, you, you know, they just keep, they keep, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm on, what am I supposed to do? But also in that same article, get it, see me now. Away. Sorry, cat's so fat. In that same article, they were talking about Groundhog Day, the musical. It's so funny. There's a there's a thing on it every day. Uh, the new musical Groundhog Day had its own Spider-Man moment because remember Spider-Man was such a mess on Broadway when the star Andy Carroll suffered a painful injury after a preview and finished his performance on a crutch. Curtain came down and an announcement was made. Is there a doctor in the house? Can you imagine? I would think that was part of the show. Show went on after about 50. During the curtain calls, the cast was crying. A member of the audience told the post. Carl was also crying. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. He was favoring his left leg. Like the 2010 Broadway show about the web-slinging superhero, Groundhog Day has been plagued by technical problems throughout the previews. Remember I told you about that. I mean, it's a, it's a technical mess. I mean, everything went, th- went technically smooth when I was there. But, I mean, to do it every night, eight nights a week, there's a lot of shit you got to do. And that's just not the way to do a broad, you know, a, sh- a theater show. A theater show should only have a couple of sets if any, and you know, you're a master if you can do it the way like Book of Mormon does. They don't have any sets. I mean, they just do it on the stage, and it's it's unbelievable. Um, they're so those guys are so smart. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yesterday I did the uh, pizza parlor show, which is in a dungeon basement in a bar for about sixteen people, and most of which was a bachelor party, so I thought it was going to be bad, but it went really good. It was at this bomb shelter place or something. It was really fun, and I had a good time, and and then I went to the Broadway show because Sheba Mason, Sheba Mason had a show. Sometimes she says, Dave, why don't you come by? I'll put you on, and then, you know, we could all get together and go out afterwards. And then, hey, what's going to happen here? But, um, and then I did it, so I did two shows that night, and I think they all went pretty well. So I'm feeling more comfortable on stage in front of people because, like I said, there's really no way to practice the act I want to do until I do it. But for me, the most important thing is to actually just get up in front of people because I get nervous and I stage fright, but I, th- I really feel like I'm going to be okay. But that's pretty much my last show until you know next week. So tomorrow or Monday, I mean, this will already have happened when this comes out, but Monday I am doing Kevin Brennan's podcast with Chris Murphy um, at the Kumio Network. Uh, so that should be interesting, uh, middle of the afternoon. And then Tuesday, Sarah Silverman is writing a Broadway musical which, as you know, is right up Dave Jessica's alley. She's asked me to read. Uh, they're doing a reading of it. Uh, and I'm going to do that on Tuesday. Well, that's exciting. Uh, it's based on her book, The Bedwetter. I don't know when it's coming out. I don't know what it's doing. But I do know, and I believe I've told this before, that she's writing it with, you know, our hero. Maybe you remember this little ditty. Always do And you Don't mean to be cruel 
Hey Chuck, it's your brother, Marvin Berry. You remember that new song you were looking for? Well, listen to this. I'm mixing up the genres. Happy, see, if you don't need, let me be the one to hold you, and keep you here with me, cause it hurts me so just to see you go, around with someone new, and if I know you, you're doing that thing, every day just doing that thing, I can't take you doing that thing. I mean, this guy is a genius, and he writes, you know, I mean, I, this guy knows how to write a pop song, for Christ's sakes. Remember, this movie, it's like, I know he won a contest, and that's how he got it in, but it they must have said, can you write a song that you don't get sick of when we play it 30 times in the movie? Guy hit pay dirt. It's unbelievable. I mean, this guy's a, a, a genius, and I think his name's Adam Schlesinger, and he also wrote, Stacy's mom has got it going on. Guy writes, he knows how to write poppy tunes, you know? Hey, what's something snappy and peppy, something poppy? Listen, Adam, I need you to do me a favor and write something great. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. Um, me doing that, which is uh, super fun. And, uh, you know, whatever. You know, I'm all about the musicals. Uh, maybe something's going to work out. I don't know. You know, they don't have anybody to host the Tonys. They want... Tina Fey to host it, but she doesn't want to host it. It's not for her. I mean, but it would be good because she's doing Mean Girls, the musical, but they don't have a host. I was going to call my manager. Like, tell him to tell him I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Hugh Jackman can't make it. James Corden can't make it. Neil Patrick Harris can't make it. Lynn Manuel can't make it. Everybody's busy. I'm not busy. I'm not doing anything. I'm totally free on June 11th. I just want you to know I'm totally free. I got something June 3rd. Totally free June 11th. I got something June 14th. I am completely free June 11th. I'm just letting you know. I'm putting it out there, people. Tony Winters. Hello. Hello. By then, I'll have seen everything, so fully aware of the material. People. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah, then... Uh, Let's see. Uh, so, yeah, Wednesday is when I usually tape. I think I'm going to try and do some shows. I'm also going to be on DC Benny's. Got a new storytelling show uh, also at the uh, Big Fat Black Pussycat or whatever it's called, which is above the Village Underground. I'll be doing that on May 17th. He's doing it this Wednesday, so I might go down and take a look at that. That's a storytelling show, which is perfect for your old pal Dave Jessica. Funny thing is, he said this month the story he's telling is going to be you know a life of comedy you got to tell a story about that and the funny thing is i can't think of anything funny in my life of comedy like i mean i have outside comedy stories i don't really have a lot of comedy stories uh i'm not sure what i'm going to do on that one also i'm doing tom papa's show again on april 26th wednesday april 26th so that's another problem for me uh taping the podcast but it's not a problem you know we work it out work out everything that we need to do I uh, 
so but I'm looking forward to doing all this stuff. This is super fun, you know. And then Thursday, I'm doing Emilio's wife's podcast at the New York Comedy Club. Um, she's a very nice girl and a delight. And then I'll be doing a set after that. I'm going to feel like uh, like I'm really doing so. I feel like I got something going on. I got something on. And then Friday, of course, the big day with Toronto with the stipulations. Now, Dave, one hour ago, I got a call from CBS. Now, here are the stipulations. Dave, one hour ago, Bob Ray conveyed to us an offer for you to host The Tonight Show. Now, don't jump to any conclusions. Let me lay all this out. The deal is three years with an option. The salary range is 7 to 12 million. Yeah, I, I, I just got to get that music so every time I have an announcement, I can do it. I don't know why. I don't know why I think about that all the time. I really don't know. But I saw a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, in the, in the, I wanted to talk about in the papers the past couple of days. It was kind of funny. Like, I don't usually I like to put together the podcast, you know, work. I have everything written down. But it was funny that I had enough. Like, I felt like well, I think I have enough material uh, to do a thing. I was reading that baseball wants to outlaw smart defense. Again, this season, some are crying foul regarding defensive shifts like this one in which the shortstop moves to second base and the second baseman plays in short right field. Now, why anybody would give a shit if you choose to do that? Well, fuck you. I mean, why, why would anybody care? The ML, For several consecutive seasons, MLB has been confronted with radical shiftism in response to dead pull hitters. I mean, what, you know, who, who cares? I mean, I just... I'm trying to figure out where the thing yet. Pullers, especially late in tight games, still flex their home run swings when a nudge to the third base side would do the trick. Are they all such game-winning preparations cannot be conducted, drilled through a spring training? I, I don't know. what the, Who cares? Who cares how you play or win a game? Who cares if somebody pulls their defense? The only thing I can think about is the Peransky shift from the Bad News Bears. <laughs> The cool, calm Peransky shift. Walter Matthau says, into the fence, remember, they're all shifting because they know this guy pulls to the right. They do the Peransky shift. Now, how is that bad? That's hilarious. Because if you're doing the Peransky shift, then... Well, then have Peransky hit it the other way, and then you win. So it doesn't work for everybody. You're taking a chance that this guy's an idiot. And if you have a batter up there that's so stupid that he always goes the same way every time, then screw him. Then their team should get rid of him if that's all he can do and everybody knows it, and then you win. And when he learns how to do it the opposite way, then you lose. How is that bad? What the hell is the matter with everybody? That's the most hilarious thing to see the Peransky shift. The cool, calm Peransky shift. Remember that guy was so angry. He got up there. He's like, what's happening here? Because Walter Matthau, he figured it out. And that guy, he's like, come on, batter. Get up to the... Oh, I think it comes up right now. I guess I missed it. Who cares? Come on, batter. Get into the box. You know, that's when they started winning and they start putting the standings where the Bears are moving up on everybody. Classic Bad News Bears. No, you know what's really classic Bad News Bears? 
oh, maybe the greatest line of all time. Boys, I'd like you to meet your new pitcher, Amanda Wurlitz. Juice Vicks, niggers, and now a girl? Grab a bat, punk. Yeah, you're not going to see movies like that anymore. Juice, Spicks, Niggers, and Now a Girl. I mean, that is wow. I mean, when you're a kid and you're watching that movie, that was like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, and they'll never, ever let that happen again, especially a kid saying that. Oh, that kid was amazing. Tanner, he was hilarious. People are trying to look for him like now because I think he just really gave up, and you know, people are obsessed with Tanner. I actually slept with a girl who looked like Tanner. Not for that reason. It just, that's what I remember she looked like. Because, you know, he was okay. He had blonde hair and everything. So, is this awkward? This is getting awkward, isn't it? But she really did look like Tanner a little bit. But she was all woman. You know what I'm saying? Bass player, too. She was pretty cool. I, I think she was a woman. So, the thing I played up front was uh, the uh, Bruce Jenner thing. The family guy knew she was going to change even before he did. Well, apparently, he got his penis cut off finally. You know, after he killed those people in that car crash, thinking about it, he finally got it cut off. So I don't know what the hell that means. I can, can you imagine? I can't even imagine. Who would do that? I don't care how much you want to be a woman. I don't know. That's oh, that's not a right operation, right? That's that just guys. We can't even think about that. I don't even know why I brought it up. I can't stand talking about it. Another thing they're talking about. You know, they're they're having all these Star Wars prequels. You know, and this guy. Uh, is saying, do we really need to know how Han Solo met Chewbacca? He's right. It's like taking away from what we know and what we liked about it as a kid. It's it's interesting. I didn't even think about it. Uh, what does he say? He's talking about Better Call Saul, too. He's like, why do we need to see this? You know, leave it as it is. It takes away from the, the moment. Among the more dubious exploitations is next year's Han Solo or Solo movie that promises to shed light on the Star Wars rogue's early years, including showing how he met Chewbacca and how he won the Millennium Falcon from Lando Carisium. It, I mean, there is something about it that I kind of want to see it, but it's also what made it so cool that we don't know. There is something about that that's kind of cool, too. Most alarming of all, Disney honcho Bob Iger recently announced that audiences would also learn how Han Solo got his name. Never mind that most of us didn't know Han Solo wasn't his actual name. But what actually does learning all this information add to our appreciation of the character? Han Solo is nearly perfect as he is. Everything you need to know about him is revealed in the original three Star Wars films. He's a smuggler. His ship is fast. When Princess Leia tells him she loves him, he replies, I know. Scene. That's the way the guy wrote it. I think that's kind of funny. Filling in every last detail could actually detract from his story. Suggestion is often more powerful than revelation. No one is begging for Quentin Tarantino to make a spinoff movie explaining why the shiny gold object in Marcellus Wallace's mysterious briefcase was in Pulp Fiction. However, (laughs) there is something to it, I guess, but I think I'd rather talk to Quentin Tarantino and have him tell me than actually see it done. But... You know, he's at least this guy's totally on our side. When you fail to heed that rule, you get nebbishy aliens squabbling around trade tariffs as a means to begin explaining the creation of Darth Vader, like in the hugely disappointing Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Was anyone's life enriched by learning the beginnings of the wizard in 2013, James Franco's dud, Oz the Great and Powerful? 
Does fully appreciating Alfred Hitchcock's psycho mean that you need to learn the complete story behind shower murder victim Marion Crane as is currently being revealed on TV's Bates Motel? I like this. I, I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it's weird as a huge, ridiculous fan of Han Solo, as we talked about last week and the great Harrison Ford. There is something to, you know, it's maybe I want to, I, but, I, but if they mess it up, but maybe you don't want to know. I mean, that is the fun of Han Solo that all this stuff happened to him before. That's great writing that he had this backstory that just kind of gets unfolded. Like, I guess they're going to show how he got boarded and dumped his cargo, and that's why Jabba was after him. I guess we're going to see all that, but there's some. I think they're right. There's something about, I don't want to see that. I just want to remember it the way it is because he's so cool because he had the backstory. I don't know how he got the Millennium Foggy. What, what, he went in a card game, and then Lando won that planet? What the hell? I don't know. That's badass. I don't want to know how it happened. It's probably going to be lame. Still so mad at that last Star Wars. I was watching it again. I can't. I, it's a, the. I know this is so sexy. The female heroine is. I don't. You know, I'm a man. I. I want to see boys save girls. I can't help it. Even though she's really pretty. But I don't know. You know, they showed the coming attractions for the next one, The Last Jedi, and um, I just want to see more Mark Hamill now. That's all that's left. No Carrie Fisher. No Han Solo, so I want to see more Mark Hamill. I want to see Mark Hamill. I hope that he does something with Mark Hamill. I like Mark Hamill. I think Mark Hamill's way cool, let alone his Joker imitation, his Joker, you know, and the cartoon Batman series is not to be believed. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. In other news, uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, very handsome Justin Trudeau, Introduced legislation to let adults possess 30 grams of marijuana in public. Trudeau has long promised to legalize recreational pot use and sales. Canada would be the largest developed country to end a nationwide prohibition of recreational marijuana. And they're planning on doing it. They say officials have said Canadians should be able to smoke marijuana legally by July 1st, 2018. So that's going to be one hip country. I guess I'm going there one year too early. But I was thinking about it. I was saying on stage the other night. How it was so exciting when, you know, it's so weird that we still have to do the cloak and dagger here. It's when, you know, anybody in California, all my friends can walk into a store and buy it and you can just smoke it. I mean, it's like so, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I feel like we're in another country here. And I'll never forget when Sarah let me into the store and, you know, she went to the security guard. Hey, can my friend come in? That guy's so high. He's like, well, I don't know. Yeah, whatever, man. I mean, that, that's a security at a pot store. That guy's so high. He doesn't know what day it is. But then going in there, it was like like a dream come true. You're just sitting there like you can ask questions. You're going to be like, well, what is this stuff? Like, oh, man, that gives you a real mellow high. But it's with the uh, not the paranoia, whatever, whatever they're saying. I mean, it's so it's so exciting. It's like a dream come true if you grew up in the 80s where you're really doing the cloak and dagger stuff and you got to go to a park in Staten Island, somebody's sitting in the bushes while you're coming off the off-ramp. I mean, this this is unbelievable that they just have stores you can go into. It's like it's like the fireworks place, which um, you know I brought up yesterday, which maybe I went too far. There were a, a bunch of black guys, comics that were ready to go on, and I you know, was talking about nigger chases. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh. But it's so weird. I just, you know, I mean, you remember those? And then we were talking about the fireworks store. And even the guy at the fireworks store who's 17 is working there like, sir, what, what, what is, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, you know, nigga chase. No, I mean, 
I don't know what they call them now, but um, I mean, that's what they used to be called. You have to realize. I mean, I, obviously, I should know that's probably not a politically correct term, but that is what they were referred to. And you could tell the guy who you were going to the trunk of his car and be because I'll never forget this guy did it. We went we were all working at the Rustler Steakhouse. We went into Manhattan and the guy had the, the great Jersey accent. He goes, so you got any nigga chases? You got nigga chases in there? He's like, yeah, I got uh, nigga chases. You know, the uh, Chinese guy was the exact same. Sure, nigga chases. <laughs> yeah, you got, what else you got? You got, um, well, oh, damn, I wish I could remember something. You got any pineapples? You got some M80s in there? What was that kid's name? Mark something or other. I don't know why. I can remember it vividly. You know, it's one of those things I can remember vividly because he was like a handsome guy, but he had that voice. You know, like that, even though he was from Jersey, he just had that tough voice like you'd see in the movies. And he was just so funny. I remember. And he was just so good. We were 16. And he was just so good at negotiating with this guy out of the trunk of his car. You know, I was terrified. But I was so happy to be involved. I just can't imagine my nieces or nephew doing that today, you know. I mean, not that it was bad, but who knows if it was bad. I don't know. We did so many things that nobody's allowed or wouldn't do anymore. It's uh, everything's changed. You know, my niece is taking a guy to the prom that, you know, she's just going with a friend. Remember, I told you she broke up with a guy that I didn't care for. And she's going with a friend. Now, she has my sister's an idiot. And I said, like, well, I think that guy likes her as more than a friend. And then my sister's like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, Liza told me, like, yeah, he likes me more more than a friend. Of course he does. He's a 16-year-old boy or a 17-year-old boy. Of course he does. Why would he ask somebody to the prom who he doesn't have a crush on? Of course he's got a crush. At least she, she knows, so it's kind of a dick move for her to say yes because I mean, this is exactly what happened to me. You know, she, she, at least she gets it. At least she's being smart and saying, I know he likes me more than a friend, but I'm not sure what to do. I mean, technically she should have said, no, I don't like it that way, but he was probably like, no, no, we can go as friends. Meanwhile, you know, you know, he knows. I know. My sister's an idiot. She's like, no, they're just going as friends. What, he'd never been to high school? Beth? Of course he likes them more than a friend. It's going to be a torturous. Like, now I wish I'd never gone with a girl. Remember, I hate that girl. I'm so still mad at that girl. I was telling lies this story. That girl's such an asshole. Remember, I met her a couple years later. A couple years later. I met her 20 years later. So I had a picture of her. We met. I, I bought her to the bar I used to hang out in. Showed her the picture. She ripped it up because she thought her ass looked fat. Which It looked perfect. But she was crazy. She ripped it up. I'm like, what the hell? Why would you rip up a photo I've had for 20 years? You're like the worst person ever. God, it's like I like just, you know, going to the prom. It wasn't bad enough. Now you got to rip up this photo I've had for 20 years. You're an asshole. So she worked at the same, uh, uh, the home where my grandmother lived, uh, you know, in an assisted living home. She worked with uh, older people. And so I had the negative to that photo, which they don't have anymore. And I made... 50 copies of the photo went into my grandmother's thing and I put the photo on all the old people's chairs when they went into uh, the dining hall. I put it everywhere in the fire extinguisher, at the front desk. There were pictures of Gina. Yeah, I don't care saying her name. Everywhere. And she didn't get the joke. Like, it was so horrible. Even her friends, they're like, I don't understand. Why is that? I'm like, ha, now you look stupid. That picture's everywhere. She's like, why Why is that? Why would you do that? Like, not even why would you do that? It's not funny. 
why would you do that? It's mean. Nothing. She just did not. And my sister was, we were both putting them on. We were laughing. I told Liza about it. She was laughing. I mean, this girl's like the worst girl. I mean, I couldn't even get back at her because she, she did. And, and, it, and if she was saying all that to make it seem like she wasn't getting it to not give me the satisfaction, I'm positive she was not doing that because that I could accept. This is the way I'm going to handle this. I'm going to pretend it doesn't. I have no idea what he's doing, which is brilliant. That's a good way to, you know, just stop everything that's happening. But I'm sure that wasn't the way. She just didn't understand at all. Wow, what a what a horrible human being. I really can't stand it. The good news is, apparently, she directed a show at Plays in the Park, and it is known as the worst show. And this is like last year, and is known as the worst show ever because her direction was piss poor. So that makes me happy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm still angry. And I feel bad for this kid that Liza's going to the prom with because he's going to have these resentments for years later. In fact, that's my opening joke, I think, in Canada. I'm like, boy, it's really great to be here. Um, you know, I, I, I was dying to see all the, uh, all the nerds, girlfriends who live up here who didn't go to the proms with them. I got to word it the right way. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I was like, my friend was like, oh, you're going to see your girl. You know, I was one of those guys that was like, yeah, I had a girlfriend, but she's um, she had to go to Canada. She's filming a Bubble Yum commercial. So, you know, every nerd's girlfriend lives up there. I was hoping to run into some of them. You know, like my friends are, like, you going to see your girlfriend up there? I'm like, shut up. I think that's funny. I don't know what's funny anymore. I just have to hope for the best, right? I mean, I have to hope for the best. There's nothing I can do. I just got to do it. And then, you know, be back in my... I always have to remember whenever something's bad, be doing this in camp, like I still will wind up in my own bed sooner or later. Like the next day. I think it can go that wrong. Well, it can, but let's just hope it doesn't. I don't think it will. Mm. I don't know. And then the question is, then do I just stop doing comedy or should I continue? I think I'm going to go to the stress factory. Uh, the next day when Attell's there, maybe uh, do a little guest spot action there. I think I should continue with it, but then I won't be in this situation anymore because even Sarah said... You know, you can also open for me in Long Island, too. So I think I just got to keep it up. And then I just got to get. But, you know, I mean, it's so weird it's going out on the weekends again. And I'm like, oh, I got to go out this weekend. But the alternative is just staying here watching TV and letting life pass me by, which it already has. So you got to do something. So I might as well just try and continue with it. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Right. We'll all figure it out together. It's going to be great. But that's the whole story for today, and I'm sorry I'm uh, putting out a, you know, maybe it's not an altogether podcast, but I didn't want to leave you high and dry, and, uh, you know, I just wasn't sure. I mean, I was. it's a matter of whether I want to do a show Wednesday. I mean, I really should do as much as I can until Friday, right? So that's the whole thing. And then I think next Sunday what I'll do is if Irene's coming to train me, maybe I'll have her on the show, and she's always fun, and then... Uh, what's the schedule then? So then, because then I got to do Tom Papa show that next Wednesday, which is always fun. You should totally come down to that. Where uh, come to Papa live at the Village Underground, April twenty sixth. It's always so much fun. He does it like you know a Prairie Home Companion style. It's so cool. And um, and then the week after will be the God. Well, then you know I mean I'll do a podcast on a regular Wednesday, but then. Or is that the day I'm seeing Evan Hansen? I can't remember. That I don't know. The week's all messed up. And then, you know, then I'm doing The Godfather. So the week after that, I'll do a podcast. Then it'll be 
the Godfather podcast. Sarah and I listened to the Godfather, one of the you know the shows that was on the podcast um, on Friday. Listened to the whole thing. I think she liked it. She didn't know what it was. She didn't understand. You know, nobody does until you see it. She really come down May 9th. I think it'll be fun. It's the last one, and then I then I concentrate on Greece. I'm not sure how I'm going to do that, but that's kind of the fun too. How am I going to do it? I don't know. How am I going to do love actually? I don't know. I just know it's good to have things planned to do. Nobody knows what's going to happen. We could be in an all-out war by then. Who knows? It's pretty, pretty scary. What are you going to do? This North Korea guy, I mean, this guy's crazy. Can't let him uh, end up striking first, right? He's completely mad. See, my thing is I think he just doesn't even have anything. I think they don't have anything going. I don't think they have any bombs. I think it's all full of like, uh, you know, it's like uh, blanks. That's my guess. That's what I would do if I was, you know, I'm pretty stupid. So if I was running a country like that, I would be like, well, let's make it look like we, you know, have a bomb, but we don't actually have anything in the canister. It's not a horrible plan. And I don't know. He just doesn't seem that bright. So I guess we'll see. Oh, boy, that's pretty scary, too. Well, we don't want to end on that. note, do we? I guess we do. I mean, I want to hear that. um, Oh, obviously, I want to hear this one more time. Grab a bat punk. I still find Tatum O'Neill very attractive, especially that she's completely insane. I have a feeling I could completely meet her and fool around with her. She's obviously nuts. I think she's still pretty. I've I've liked her since I was thirteen, so why wouldn't I like her now? I think she's aged pretty well. Your thoughts? And what was the thing we played when we were open? Oh, yeah, it was... Um, oh, that's why I want to play again, too. Oh, it doesn't matter. And let me play this because I was just like... Um, wait, I was going through the papers, and I was like, wait, we, we... We have here, finally, a witness that will further testify to Michael Corleone's rule over a criminal empire that controls all of the gambling in this country, and perhaps in other countries. This witness has had no buck between himself and Michael Corleone. He can corroborate our charges on enough counts for this committee to recommend a charge of perjury against Michael Corleone. Senator, thank you, Chairman. Mr. Pentangeli. I don't know nothing about a... Oh. Were you a member of the Corleone I, family? I was in Did you the olive oil business with his father. Peter Clemenza. Under I don't know nothing about no uh, family guy. As the godfather. I uh, I never knew no Godfather. Oh, I was in the olive oil business. We have it. We have it right here. You are contradicting a sworn statement you previously made to me and signed. I ask you again, sir. Here and now, under oath, were you at any time a member of a crime organization headed by Michael Corleone? I don't know nothing about that. Oh, I oh. was in. I was in the olive oil business with his father, but that was a long time ago. That's all. We have a sworn affidavit. We, we have it. We have it. Your sworn affidavit. 
that you murdered on the orders of Michael Corleone. Do you deny that confession? And do you realize... Yeah, the FBI came to me, the uh, said, Michael Corleone did this, Michael Corleone did that. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> we have it. We have it right here. Well, you know what, folks? Uh, oh, wait, I'm just playing a couple clips that I like. Mike, do you love barbecue? I'll tell you what, Mike. You can go to a gas station and get the best barbecue you ever got in your life. It's a wonderful place to live. Fried catfish, all the good food that we love to eat, and it's not good for us as football players. You're going to have it there, Mike, I promise you. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like playing a couple of those clips before we end, which is on this. Yeah, it's a short show today. I'm so sorry, everybody, but I'll get it together next week, I promise. And we'll have a regular-sized show with lots of action and fun and nonsense. But obviously, I'm really busy, which is all good stuff. Busy with all good stuff, right? All good stuff that I will share and bring with you, and we'll have a good time doing it. And everything is going to be great. So, I don't know. We'll see how everything's going to end up. So, the next time we speak, I will have opened for Miss Silverman. I'll have been on the Kevin Brennan podcast. I'll have, uh, I don't know. That ought to be an interesting podcast, right? I'll tell you everything about it. I'll tell you how it went on Toronto. Of course, if you're up in Toronto and somehow you're listening to this and you're in Toronto, please come. Then you can see for yourself a April 21st, some casino. I think it's an hour outside Toronto. I'll be in another country. Another country. <laughs> so it's all exciting. It's looming. It's looming in the background. Let's see. Will Dave Juskow survive? What will happen? It's a cliffhanger. We'll all find out next week on the Dave Juskow podcast. Until then, everyone. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. I'm Casey Casey. I'll see you next time on the Dave Juskow Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.